Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... More news, more action, more players hanging out in the VGK Insider Show as we will be joined by Golden Knights captain Mark Stone in a couple of minutes. Uh, This on the heels of being named to his first All-Star game. The All-Star Weekend coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, first weekend in February in Vegas. Uh, the skills competition on the Friday night, Friday late afternoon, Friday evening. And then the All-Star Game at noon on Saturday. Uh, looking forward to that. The three-on-three event uh, with the four divisions uh, playing off uh, for the right to uh, hold that trophy high over their heads. And then uh, we'll get maybe into uh, what Mark Stone has heard, uh, what he's seen in the past. Did he watch? Uh, he loves watching sports on TV. And uh, what he expects from the All-Star weekend here in his hometown. We'll also uh, size up what happened today at practice as the Golden Knights returned after a couple of days off, and it was a spirited effort and skate today uh, with uh, three lines on the ice and uh, no real major news uh, from uh, a roster standpoint. Uh, The names that uh, we didn't see the other day because of COVID or injury are still on the sidelines, and uh, you've got the... uh, But but the good thing is there's, there's nobody else... Missing, so that was uh, that was first and foremost. Ashley Vice and I were standing watching practice, and I'm like, okay, well, nobody's added, but uh, and Ashley said, well, nobody nobody's gone either. Uh, but they also had a game of uh, two on two, a little cross ice. Uh, maybe we'll talk to Stony uh, about that uh, as well. And our VGK uh, one timers uh, brought to you by Paul Powell Lawyers. Uh, that uh, will come up in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show. Uh, plenty going on. Nathan McKinnon also sounded off. I'm not sure I buy into the, what he what he said about the All Star game, but. Uh, <laughs> We'll, we'll dissect that. He's sticking up for his teammate, and I'm sure he was asked in one of those Zoom calls, and he said what he needed to say, but uh, uh, it is what it is. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure that, uh, that you know Team Canada oh, Olympic news sliding your, your way uh, on the heels of uh, the Brendan Brisson news yesterday. I was, I was still t- talking to people today about the Brisson conversation that we had yesterday, Ryan, and uh, how he talked about uh, going back, like he's basically going to get ready for the, his first Olympic Games in the rink that he grew up in, in his own backyard in L.A. as they gather and get ready to fly over to, uh, to China, and then watching the movie Miracle one more time. Yeah, I, I thought it was, you know, it was, it was such an interesting and and fun conversation with Brendan Brisson yesterday. Just uh, you could you could see and hear how much excitement there is for him to be able to go over to Beijing, be a part of the U.S. Olympic team. Um, you know, and 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 then I, I think that that wrinkle, right, of of being able to go back to the rink that kind of started it all for you in hockey, to to prep for that. That's that's a pretty cool moment uh, in the career for Brendan Brisson. You walk on the ice where he took his first strides, and he's looking down, yeah. going, uh, "I'm I'm I'm." representing the U.S. Olympic team here when I was a tyke, <laughs> uh, just learning how to do crossovers uh, both ways. Uh, that that was a, a really uh, cool conversation. And, and his focus, I mean, he, he, is, a, he is a fun-loving guy and, uh, and a really honest, uh, wears uh, and shows his emotions uh, for us and can't wait to, to get to know him uh, a, a little bit more. He'll have a decision to make, Ryan, uh, after this mm-hmm. sophomore year. As great as he's played, and as great as his team is, uh, the opportunity to win a national championship, uh, there'll be some, uh, I'm sure, conversations about turning pro at the end of the year. 
Oh yeah, for sure. And and I think that, you know, that's that's kind of a natural progression and and probably where you want to get to as as you continue through your college career, but you know, as as Brendan said yesterday, it's it's you you go back after the Olympics and you got to finish the job at Michigan and and finishing the job as a national championship and I think that's the their focus right now. And then what happens in the off season, what decides to do? Uh, that'll be that'll be an interesting decision uh, come come middle of uh, middle of the summer. Well, no, not middle of the summer because college guys, if they're going to turn pro, they they join their national hockey league teams, and if they're going to turn pro, they like to flip that and maybe get a game in. Uh, you know, the the uh, Zach Whitecloud did that. Remember, he signed uh, the two year deal and played the the last game of the mm-hmm. regular season, and and uh, and then was around the team, and that that will be sort of. I'm sure on the radar and the, the team, the organization will have a, a, a play in that. Uh, you heard uh, if you listen to the conversation yesterday and we're fortunate enough to, to talk, uh, uh, to listen to Brendan Brisson talk about Will Nickel, uh, who's in charge of player development uh, with, with the Vegas Golden Knights and, and uh, follows all the prospects around. And they are so tight uh, to the point that Will knew that he was going to be a name to the Olympic team, didn't tell him. And then uh, right away, Brendan, uh, Text him and, and called him and, and talked about that. Uh, there'll be uh, there'll be some back and forth. Uh, Jack Dugan came out after his his sophomore year, uh, and that was uh, almost a, a team decision, uh, from what I can gather between the player and uh, from Providence College and and the Vegas Golden Knights. And I I, I can't imagine this would be uh, anything else except for you've got your agent who's also your dad, who's one of the best agents in all of sports who's been through this and and will uh will be able to give uh just the i mean i'm sure that the the thoughts and the discussions uh outside of brennan uh, have taken place about uh in the Brisson household where you go after this sophomore season how much of it though is is kind of dependent or contingent on what happens with the national championship like do you imagine or, or think there's a possibility that if that doesn't come to be for Michigan this year that you, you go back, you try again, you, you, you come back to college for one more year. Well, it's a good point because that's exactly why Owen power went back first overall selection. Yeah. And he was the first, first overall selection that went back and played uh, another year of college uh, since the mid two thousands. And that was strictly for the opportunity to win a national championship. They didn't get that chance last year because they were uh, ruled ineligible because of COVID. They, a couple of their players came down with COVID and they weren't allowed to take part in, in the tournament uh, with, with Michigan. So that, that's, uh, that's a big part of it. Now, this team, this Michigan team is stacked. And it's yeah. got first rounders and prospects and Olympians uh, on, on multiple categories. You're not going to have this same team next year. Whether whether player A stays in in Brendan Brisson, actually player B, uh, let's call him player B with Brendan Brisson, uh, stays or not. There's going to be a bunch of players like Owen Powers not staying in school uh, for his junior year when you're the first overall selection and and Buffalo's sitting there yeah. waiting for you. Uh, so you're you're going to have a, a much different team, uh, a, a lot of turnover with this Michigan program next year. Michigan's a great program and they've always got the next wave coming in but this is a pretty elite group that they have right now that has expectations to to win a national championship there may be one of those catch-up years next year i don't know if they don't win this year whether everybody puts the professional 
goals on hold to go back for like a, basically a third crack at it. Uh, I would find that I think you'll see uh, a, a lot more people uh, take advantage of the opportunity to, to leave school and turn professional this year, uh, certainly more so than than last year. So uh, I would find it much more realistic uh, that you'll see uh, an exodus from the program win or lose a national championship. Yeah, no, I those are all fair points too. I, I just I wonder in the case of of you know Brendan Brisson again is as we talked to him yesterday. It's it's a singular focus for hockey players, and right now it shifts obviously to the Olympics. But you know that that big carrot for this season for him is is a national championship with Michigan. So um, you know it'll be interesting to see kind of how that season continues to unfold. But you, you know you look at the progression in his game and you look at just how much he has grown over the last couple of years uh the idea or the ability to turn pro and then you start to allow yourself to think about what his shot and his finish can do on a Golden Knights team that is is just so incredibly dangerous offensively um there's a lot to like there Brendan Brisson a first round pick of the Vegas Golden Knights Jack Eichel was a number 2 overall selection and he turned pro after his one year at BU and uh, won the Hobie Baker Award, uh, lost to the national championship game, and then uh, turned professional and joined the uh, the Buffalo Sabres. Now he's with the Vegas Golden Knights and had his uh, first real big practice uh, today with the team, where it wasn't a morning skate, where it was uh, an actual official practice where you're getting some work done and you're doing some, some different things. But there was also some fun out there. And they played a little cross ice two-on-two mm-hmm. where – the the nets are on the the boards and you play in the offensive zone with the blue line serving as one border and the uh, the end boards of the other and you play uh, across the rink the 85 feet and there there was a ton of fun and ton of spirit and <laughs> and some real battle in it and they they played a, a like competition uh back and forth uh, it was uh, Logan Thompson against uh, Robin Leonard and there was mm-hmm. there was some intensity and jump to it and uh, I was watching with Shane Nadi and Derek England uh, at this point, and I thought, how does Mark Stone know exactly where? And I can't remember who he fed the puck to, but it was almost like a behind-the-back feed in a small area, and mm-hmm. it was right on the money, and they went in and they got a, a scoring chance. And it's it's not about the scoring chance, and, and it's not about uh, generating opportunities. It was more, how does he see that? How does he do that? <laughs> Shane said, and Derek England uh, echoed it, said small area games weren't his forte, so he wasn't about to, to, to answer it. But boy, oh boy, was, uh, did, it, uh, did it ever just uh, put the spotlight on, on the skill level of these guys? Yeah, I mean, you know, we we marvel at Mark Stone and, and what he's able to do, and you know, his ability to find players, to find plays, and and you know, just the way that he thinks the game. Like there there are multiple plays within a game where you look at Mark Stone, and, and maybe the route that he takes looks a little bit odd at the moment, and then he's the first guy on the puck. Like I, I the way that he forechecks, how smart he is in in understanding where the play is going to develop where it's going to go and then the ability to be there on time and understanding where everyone else is going to be around him uh, he just thinks the game at such a high level and it's so fun to watch night in and night out when Mark Stone gets to play basically had your top three lines uh, available they were missing one line uh, with the likes of Nolan Patrick and Will Carrier uh, not out uh, on the ice today uh, no Shea Theodore. Uh, some of these players were, were in COVID protocol or were, were injured right before that game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So they were light 
uh, on the numbers side of it uh, when it came to today's practice. But you also did have that that red sweater uh, being worn by Jack Eichel out there in, in his first uh, practice and uh, his shot and that ability to to zip it. But also he, he's he's a bigger guy than I than I think when I just watch him on TV and that will will just give him an advantage beyond just the the obvious skill level and skill differentiation between himself and his opponents yeah you know it's it's funny because i i i'm with you 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 think of jack eichel you don't really think of him as 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 a bigger player right like as as a taller lankier type of player but there's there's an element of size to his frame that I think is different when you add in the skill set that he has, his ability to get that shot off so quick, uh, his hands in tight, he's able to make moves and plays, um, and and his skating is fantastic. So like I, you know, I look at Jack Eichel, and and there's a lot of misdirection and ability to to confuse his opponent and there's an ability also with with his body size and type to not easily be moved off of the puck in a physical way so you know you think of all the raw talent and the skill set that he brings to the table and then there's also an element of physicality to his game um he's he's a he's gonna be a game breaker for this golden he can can just flat out overpower you and with whether it's with the shot or with his body he has mm-hmm. that ability uh, to to just beat you with sheer force, or he can dangle and and play that high end skill small space game. Uh, he's he's got those uh, that wide range uh, within within his game. And you saw a bit of that in in the two on two game, whether it came from stealing the puck. Zach Whitecloud said he 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 came out of nowhere in, in one play and <laughs> and took the puck away from him. And that was uh, sort of Zach's introduction uh, to Jack Eichel on the ice as a teammate in that cross ice game. Uh, or he can fire the puck from the top of the circles and beat a goaltender clean. And we've witnessed that in his in his couple of ice times uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, there's just there's so much versatility to his game, and and I think that's probably the word I was looking for that escaped me is is there's a power element to it. You you need a power forward. You need a guy to take the puck to the net. He can do that. You need someone to beat you wide with speed. He can do that. You need somebody to dangle in tight. He can do that. And if you need someone that can just rip the puck from the circle and beat a goalie clean, he can do that too. Like that. That's why his skill set is so unique in the NHL. There really isn't much within this game that he can't do. When I say he's a bigger guy, like he, I think he's his body's thicker than than we give him credit for, or I, I, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll totally put this on me, than I gave him credit for. Uh, he's yeah. also taller uh, than than the numbers necessarily translate. Like he, he, when you when you get down and you're beside him, uh, he's 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 a big tall guy. And I, just for as a frame of reference, I would put him closer to like Nick Hague in height. Than I would mm-hmm. away from Nick Hag, if if that makes uh, sense, uh, because he's he does have that that big tall uh, frame, and and I I don't know whether that's where he gets the velocity on a shot, uh, because there's there's also some just natural ability in there, mm-hmm. uh, because it just zips right off his stick. I I can't wait for people. I'm I'm giddy already, and it's been a couple of practices, but I I don't think. The audience, and this is not a, a knock on, our, on the audience at all, but I don't think people realize how great he is 
and you won't realize or be able to appreciate how skilled and powerful Jack Eichel is until you watch him do his thing on the ice at T-Mobile Arena. And you could say the exact same thing about Mark Stone. We, we love the acquisition of Mark Stone at the trade deadline. You knew about the points. You knew about the leadership. Uh, you knew about the defensive side of the game. But until you really got to see Mark Stone, you couldn't appreciate all the, the tiny little takeaways and being on the right side of the puck and changing a game. Uh, the emotion, certainly. And the expressiveness, uh, certainly. And uh, Eichel's a notch above that because he's, he's one of those top 10 players in the National Hockey League. Uh, and just saying that, gets you paints a picture in your mind but when you until you watch him come down the left side and rip something uh over the goalie's shoulder whether it's a uh, short side or, or or far side then i uh, that that's going to be the the point all the talking in the world by me and i can talk for a long time yeah you won't can. won't allow our audience to truly get the picture of of how great uh, Jack Eichel is going to be, and I think the the added part about power goes with a Pacioretty and goes with a Stone, and and goes with the ability to to forecheck and get in on pucks and and force the issue. Not not uh, just be in the right spot, but also do do a little bang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like I'm I'm right there with you. I I feel like as as much as we are are excited and as much as we are looking forward to it, and and as much as we have tried our our best to follow and watch Jack Eichel over the course of his career there is a difference between catching a player every couple of uh, twice a year every single year versus getting to see them day in and day out whether it be in practice or whether it be in a game and you know your your you know your comparison to Mark Stone is spot on like i think that there was a lot of buzz surrounding that trade initially but once you get to watch Mark Stone inside of a game and if you just go to a game and only pay attention to Stone when he's on the ice you're going to see something that is different than a lot of other players just the way that he thinks the way that he reads the way that he's able to steal pucks seemingly at will and there are aspects of his game that you really come to appreciate when you get to see it live and I think the same things said for Jack Eichel you you know about the, the skill set you know about the shot but it's so impressive to see it in real time it's so impressive to see how this guy is able to move the way that he is right now and just thinking about that makes me it makes me giddy because I, I feel like you're getting Jack Eichel on the comeback trail and he's already impressive what's it going to be in a couple of in a couple more weeks when he's really really dialed in and comfortable he makes it look easy because he's so he does, subtle yeah. and so smooth. He makes it look easy. And then he shoots. And if you've watched the game a little bit, you will go, whoa, when he shoots. Because it's just there's there's no load up. It's just off his, off his stick and, and it flies. And it is fast. It's heavy. And it's accurate. And uh, and he just, again, coming down that, that left, that wing, and uh, being able to shoot. Uh, will Carrier well, wasn't on the ice with the team today. Uh, but he did skate prior to practice, so so that's good news. As the team sort of goes through this uh, five day break uh, towards Monday's game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's important, I think, for you know the Golden Knights come Monday to have some players 
back into the lineup. And, and, you know, Will Carrier for me has been a spark plug this season. He's been very, very good um, in any position, any spot in the lineup that Pete DeBoer has needed to put Will Carrier. He's come to play every single night. And and I think that you need that energy. You're going to need something like that. But I, I mean, I, I extend it to the guys that are on the COVID list. Like we, you look at, you know, Shea Theodore, it, it's going to be important for the Golden Knights to have Shea Theodore back in the fold. Um, you know, just simply because you're you're looking at a team that wants to continue to separate themselves among the top of the Pacific Division, and you want to get as many healthy players back in the level as you can come Monday night against a Pittsburgh Penguins team that has been very good this year. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, a little bit more on the Vegas Golden Knights and the return to practice today. Uh, we will run down just to remind everybody who wasn't out there and who we expect to be back uh, by the time Monday's game rolls around. And we also have some news on Nathan McKinnon sounding off. He's not very happy about uh, one of his teammates not being selected to the NHL All-Star Weekend. And we have our play of the day, and it comes courtesy of a beautiful Spinorama. Yes, Spinorama. Uh, Angie Kopitar is on the way. VGK one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. All right. Easier to go with who was out there or who wasn't out there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Talking about VGK practice today. You had three lines. You had two goalies. You had a full skate. That was good. Robin Leonard and Logan Thompson were the netminders. Still awaiting the return of Laurent Brassois. Uh, then it was good to see Alex Petrangelo out in the ice today. That was good. He's recovered from his... Uh, his he got out of the minutes. ice bath finally. <laughs> he must have <laughs> a whole... Oh! Um, Zach Whitecloud uh, out there uh, mentioned uh, Shea Theodore was not on the ice. Well, uh, Dylan Coughlin uh, was uh, was out there. So um, pretty much the the group that that played. Now some some of these guys that played the other night, Daniel Mirmanov has been sent back to uh, Henderson uh, for mm-hmm. the weekend. Uh, up front, uh, you had your number one line, uh, the money line. You had the uh, the misfits uh, were out there. Uh, so the money line was Dodonov and Stone and Stevenson. So that was uh, the same line that we saw the other day. And then you had uh, the likes of uh, Brett Howden was out there. No Keegan Colasar uh, today, uh, but uh, no Nick Waugh uh, today. But, uh, mm-hmm. but the, uh, the, the third line was, uh, was sort of who you'd expect to be out there, but maybe sort of in a quasi third, fourth line uh, grouping. Yeah, you're you're you know still trying to piece some of the the, the pieces together, but for me, it, you know, Stevenson, Stone, Dodonov, Eichel, like you you want to see those guys on the ice as much as possible. Carlson, Marshall, Smith, good that they're practicing, that they're good, solid after a couple of days off. Um, as you mentioned, Alex Petrangelo back out there after a very heavy heavy workload the other night and uh you know for me like michael amadio matthias Yanmark, brett howden again those are players that have been and and have come up big for the golden knights at various points this season so um you know you're still waiting on nick Waugh, you're still waiting on uh, nolan patrick you're still waiting on uh, nick Hague and, and and alec martinez and and the like max but, patcheretti yeah 
Max Pacioretty for sure. But, uh, you know, for the Golden Knights, I, I think that your your main hope over the course of this weekend is that, you know, players that weren't available, whether it be injury, whether it be COVID list, are available for you come Monday against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Golden Knights so will go back to work on Monday against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then we'll face the Montreal Canadiens on Thursday. A trip out uh, east uh, for Gamer. That's going to be... That's going to be a fun road trip, a, a real measuring stick, because you've got uh, just a Florida and Tampa and Carolina all coming up uh, with Washington mixed in there in that road trip, and then one more game before the uh, the All Star break against the the Buffalo Sabers right before the All Star weekend on February first. That's the remaining schedule for the Vegas Golden Knights. Of course, they were supposed to be off to Canada uh, this weekend for games against Edmonton and Calgary, one of our two of four games that have been postponed to date, and we uh, are anxiously waiting to see when the National Hockey League will plug those games in uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights over the NHL's uh, three weeks that they were supposed to be going off to the Olympic Games in Beijing. Uh, but the All-Star Game is sort of the next big thing on our focus uh, from a National Hockey League perspective, and it will have uh, some significant VGK participation. Darren Millard along with uh, Ryan Wallace on the VGK Insider Show. I'm pleased to bring in uh, the captain of the Vegas Golden Knights and uh, named to his first All-Star Weekend. Here's uh, Mark Stone. Uh, congratulations. Uh, kind of a cool moment for you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm definitely excited. Um, like you said, never been to one. I uh, always wanted to uh, attend at least one, so uh, I'm pretty excited to do it, uh, especially in Vegas. Uh, what do you remember about All-Star Games in the past? Is there one that stands out, uh, sweaters, players, uh, accomplishments? Uh, what, what are your memories of it? Uh, I mean, as a kid, we used to always uh, get fired up for the hardest shot every year. It was like 100-meter dash for uh, for us. Uh, you get so fired up to see a uh, have ripped the puck, but um, I think since it's gone to the three-on-three format, I think the All-Star Games got uh, uh, a lot more interesting. Uh, Mark Stone's with us, the VGK captain, uh, chatting about the All-Star Weekend, which is coming up in Las Vegas in a couple of weeks, and he will be part of the Pacific Division. You know, Mark, when you when you get these big-time NHL events at the, like the All-Star Game here in Vegas, does it just kind of reinforce how much of a hockey market this has become? Uh, I... I I think so. Um, I think it just gives us another ability to show off, um, you know, how great our fan base has become, um, you know, how many kids and uh, not just kids, but uh, adults are taking up the game of hockey and uh, growing the game, um, you know, down uh, in more of the southern states. So um, it's exciting to, to get these kinds of events, especially um, when our fans are so passionate about uh, about the game and about the nights. Mark Stone's chatting with us on the VGK Insider Show. Did you and Mike uh, ever hook up the old showdown targets uh, on the net back home in, in road hockey and, and take uh, shots at those things and have your own competitions? We actually did have the targets, um, the little foam ones. Yeah. Uh, we used to rip them out of all the time, but uh, I don't think they lasted too long. I think we you know, lasted four or five shots and we wrecked them at some point. <laughs> in my house, dogs got them or something along that line got lost in the garage. So when you, when you look at the, the skills competition, uh, is there anything that, that you have your eye set on that, that you always thought, may I, I, I wouldn't mind trying that one? Uh, I think accuracy shooting is always one that uh, everybody would love to try. Um, I think when... Uh, uh, when it comes to it, everybody wants to know how hard your sh- uh, slap shot is, but I don't know if everybody wants uh, the world to see how hard it is. So I think I'll stay away from that one. Uh, 
but uh, it definitely would be some something cool to see uh, see how hard you can rip it. But uh, could get could be embarrassing if uh, uh, it's not what you expect or what you want. Have you ever done it with the with the radar gun? I've done it. Uh, I did it in Ottawa. Um, I actually don't remember exactly how hard it was, but we were taking huge uh, head starts there because there's no rules. <laughs> right, because the, the the big lead up. Do, do you think that adds like one or two, three miles an hour to it when you can come in and get a big lead up to it? Yeah, I think when you're getting big speed, I think it adds actually quite, I think it might even add a little bit more. Oh, really? Uh, Mark Stone's chatting with us on the VGK Insider Show as he's named to his first All-Star weekend coming up in a, a couple of weeks, first weekend in February here in Las Vegas. You know, Mark, I, I don't know if you've had like a chance yet to, to really hone in on the Pacific Division roster, but uh, your your Pacific Division only has one defenseman selected. It's Alex Petrangelo. So if, if given the opportunity, do you think Alex would play the entire 20-minute period at three-on-three? Three? <laughs> I mean, I think he could. Um <laughs> He pretty much played the last, uh, the entire last game against Toronto, and it was five on five, three on three, anything. So, um, if there's anyone to do it, uh, that's the guy with uh, uh, the cardiovascular uh, system that he's got going on. He's uh, he's a pretty impressive, but um, I don't think we want him as a uh, as a Vegas Golden Knights uh, organization playing uh, the entire uh, All Star game. When was your last All Star game? Junior minor hockey? When when was it? I don't uh, even know. Uh, it'd be minor hockey for sure. Really? Uh, we didn't have an all-star game in junior, so um, it would be uh, probably maybe Bantam. Wow. <laughs> 14, maybe. Wow, so you're due, that's for sure. Uh, how how do you find out that you're named to an all-star game? Um, I actually got named by, or, or it's not named by, but I was told uh, by Sage, actually. Uh, he kind of came over and... Uh, kind of congratulated me and gave me the, the heads up because, uh, as you guys know, uh, guys want to know if they're in it uh, early enough so they can, if they're not, they can uh, book a nice little trip to, to get away. So um, he kind of let me know a little earlier. I, I know it's like Sage, Director of Broadcasting and uh, NPR uh, for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, powerful guy, if, if he's letting everybody know. <laughs> Well, especially uh, with Vegas hosting it, I think he's got some pull this year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, do you, are you a sentimental guy? Like, will you will you take a couple of extra sticks and and do some trading and and do uh, some pictures with guys, or or how do you, how do you go about it? Um, I'll definitely. Uh, I, I'm excited to meet some people, meet some of the new guys, or the top guys that I've never met before. Um, I've played with some Canadians, but I've never played with a lot of the Amer- or been on the same. Uh, you know, dressing with the Americans and European guys, so I'll be excited to see and meet some of those guys. But um, I'm sure I'll take some sticks. Uh, I don't know how many guys, or I don't think mine will be super, super appealing to a lot of guys with the, the big knob and the <laughs> weird blade. But um, if uh, there's an opportunity to trade with some certain guys, I'll definitely uh, uh, take them up on it. Who do you want to like uh, corner and maybe uh, meet to pick the brain of? Um, I don't know, maybe guys who are just like a little bit older than me who, uh, when I was maybe in Bantam, uh, looking up to, you know, mm-hmm. guys like Ovechkin, and, uh, uh, Crosby, those are the guys who I've already met before, but, uh, those are the types of guys that, uh, um, for me looking, uh, looking up to and now, uh, being heavily com- competing against, uh, it's always fun to meet those guys. 
Uh, Mark Stone's with us on the VGK Insider Show. A couple more for you. Uh, The Last Men In competition is underway, and we know Jonathan Marcheseau is up for the Pacific Division to be named to the roster. But there's also an intriguing uh, option in the Atlantic Division and your buddy Brady Kachuk. Have you voted for Brady yet to get him into (laughs) Vegas? Uh, I don't really know how to vote, so uh, maybe I'll uh, get my wife to... Uh, toss in a few for him to to try and get him down here. It'd be uh, awesome to uh, get to spend some time with him. Uh, obviously, the last couple of years, um, with the divisions being the way they are, uh, didn't get to see him at all really last year, and then this year, uh, unfortunately, it was hurt going to Ottawa. So uh, it would be pretty cool to uh, to spend a little bit of time with him uh, over the week. Uh, but uh, I don't think I'll be the one voting him in. Right. Yeah, you know, I just as you look at kind of the roster, do you have you know like ideas or thoughts or or, or just a, a a player or two on the Pacific Division roster that you really want to play with within that game? Uh, I mean, it'd be pretty cool to skate on the ice with uh, in an All Star game with teammates. So, uh, and I'm hoping Marshy gets in and. Uh, it'd be pretty cool to, if the three of us were there for us to, uh, you know, get take a shift together, and then obviously look at the two Edmonton guys, uh, Drew Seidel and McDavid. That'd be pretty, uh, uh, pretty fun to be out with uh, with those guys. Uh, you're an entertainer, uh, so uh, I'm sure you'll have uh, something swirling in your head uh, when it comes to the skills competition. We can't wait to watch you out there. Congratulations. Cool, cool honor and much deserved uh, for your first All-Star game. And uh, have a good uh, good return to work on Monday against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, guys. Much appreciated. There's Mark Stone, the captain of the Vegas Golden Knights, on the VGK Insider Show. It's where the players hang out, and that's why you hang out with us as well. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, and Chris Chapman. Uh, Chapman listening to that uh, very intently. Yeah, I, I found that it, you know, it was funny when he was talking about the, the, the skills competition with with his, he would do with Mike, his brother. I think all of us kind of, you know, I, I know, Darren, you had a twin brother. Ryan, I know you've got a brother. I, I, I had a brother, unfortunately, passed away. But when we were younger, it didn't matter what sport it was. We were always out on the driveway, whether it was basketball. You know, my dad put the hoop up for us, and we would practice the, the three-point competition, and we would lower the rim and do our own version of the slam dunk competition, or whether it was football, we would, we would toss the ball around. So, so. Hearing that story made me think of me being uh, a young guy, a teenager, and, you know, when I was growing up doing those sort of skills competitions with my brother, and I'm sure you did it, and Ryan, I'm sure you did it as well. So uh, that, that that was pretty sentimental and very cool to hear a guy in the, in the league talking about, yeah, I used to do that with my brother when we were kids. Those four targets, uh, bottom right, <laughs> bottom left, mm. top left, top right. There's no five yeah. hole in, in, in target shooting, <laughs> and you would do it. And then if if you knocked them out, you had to go over and put them back in while, oh. while your brother or <laughs> else chased the tennis balls. And you could never really do it unless you were in front of the garage, <laughs> where if you missed the net, the garage stopped it. Yeah. Or you had, like, eight tennis balls or those orange balls because you spend half the time running down the street to, to retrieve them. So you almost uh, defaulted to missing towards the middle of the net instead of the targets. But those, 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 and the, the, the big debate, does the plastic that holds the foam target, does it count <laughs> as hitting the target? Or do you have to actually hit the foam target, the foam part of it, and knock it out? Oh, you got to wow. knock it out. Yeah. Oh, this, there, this, hey, there was, this there is was not how I played. fights. 
Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, but in but, the middle of the street. But listen, if, if over you, whether or not it counted because you just touched the foam, <laughs> touched the plastic, or you knocked the pla- the foam right out. Well, if you don't knock it out, Jeez. it doesn't count. I and you I, just I, have to hit the target. No, no, no. You you, you have to have some force See? behind it. To, exactly. Okay, so here's. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I didn't play with the foam targets. I, I didn't have time or patience for that. What I did <laughs> is I had a net, and I had the the Velcro goaltender that goes in front of the net that does have the five hole, but it does have the corners and the, the, the top corner, bottom, and bottom corners, and we would just try to go four for four on the corners. It, it didn't work out very well for a lot of people. Um, there were a lot of broken things inside the garage around the net, <laughs> but, you know, it was fun. Yeah, you're way too young because those that thing kind of thing wasn't yeah. even invented when I was a kid, as as crude I mean, as it is. Yeah, it we, wasn't even understandable. Invented. We we had the yeah. big blow up catcher because my my brother was was <laughs> no a way. was a left handed pitcher. Get out of here! Yeah, he was he was a southpaw. So and he was a pitcher. So we had the big blow up catcher with a big net behind it. So I mean, clearly, if you didn't get it in the net, it's not a strike. Yeah. But we'd be out in the yard, and my brother trying to throw fastballs by me. Of course, he got almost all of them by me, but. If I didn't swing it, it didn't go in the net. But I'm did like, you use I'm, the blow up catcher in road hockey? Uh, for any yeah, of that? yeah. We, well, we would we would throw the football into him. We would try to hit the, the you know, because we played oh, the little street was hockey. Good. Like, yeah, he could, he could do multiple sports. Yeah, it was great. I mean, he he was still dressed like a catcher, but you uh, know, you could you could we you know what the sad thing is, we actually use it as a punching bag a little bit too. So you, you know, because it would roll over and come back up. Uh, who I didn't realize was a catcher was Tom Brady. Did you I, know that? I think I heard that once before. I, just, I, saw I knew his, he was a baseball I saw his player. Rookie card. Uh, in a Montreal Expos sweater, mm. he was because he was drafted by the Expos oh, I didn't know that. As, as a catcher. That's pretty yeah. well. Good athlete. Maybe really maybe he'll re- maybe he'll retire from football and go win a couple of World Series with the Montreal Expos. Yeah, and then I and think then, I'm wearing my Expos hat. Am am I not? And then he'll jump in the pool and win a four by one hundred. I am. That guy could do anything he wants. What drives me nuts, all the cool things that you see in the game. And at the All-Star Weekend, there's going to be a couple of outside-the-box events in the skills competition. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to reveal any secrets here, but there's going to be a couple of events. Like in St. Louis, at the last All-Star game, they did the shooting of the pucks from up in the stands yeah, <laughs> and, and, and into the nets. So they did some of that. There's going to be a couple of things with a very Vegas theme. So we didn't get our our, our wish with the with the sweaters having the the Vegas theme, but you will get in the skills competition a very Vegasy moment or two. Hmm. Uh, of all the things that I can come up with from a skills and goofy event and 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 fun event uh, from a hockey uh, standpoint, nothing will ever compare to Tom Brady when he's throwing that football into the jug machine. And it spits it back. Have you seen that one? Yeah. Like I, I don't know. And then he backs up ten yards and throws it in. And then he backs up ten yards, throws it in, and it uh, and he knocks it over. Nothing in golf and bouncing the ball on the club and hitting it or baseball. Nothing will compare to what that guy can do. I don't know the football. tiger. The Tiger Woods where he's hitting the golf ball on his club and then he swings and smashes the ball. That's that's pretty damn cool. That's good. But do you think how many guys in the world do you think can do that compared to how many guys in the world do you think can throw it from thirty yards into that? I I would venture to machine? guess there's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL who could do that. Really? Yes. That many times? Maybe not that many times, but I mean, there's definitely guys in the NFL. I I would I would be willing to wager a large amount of money on on. Oh, this is fun. Let's do it. 
Well, I mean, how well, are we going to prove it? We're never going to prove it. This is the, this is the I mean, best bet he's ever made. It's not like Derek Carr it's, it's, is going to go in, out and, and, and it's on Raider way and throw the football in yeah. the jug machine. It's but, but, unprovable. I mean, there's guys who have who have really good accuracy in the NFL. I'm aware of that. I I, and, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, Tom, Tom Brady is obviously the greatest quarterback. Oh, it pains me to even say it. The greatest quarterback to ever play the game. But I think there's a lot of guys who have accuracy as good, if not better than Here's him. a weird one, and we do have to take a break because we've got the play of the day coming up. We talk about best passer in the game of hockey. Hardest shot. Uh, fastest skater. I don't think I've ever had a real conversation about who is the most accurate shooter in our sport. We have the competition every year in the All Star mm-hmm. Game, and we've mm-hmm. we've we've got records and Ray Bork for, for like all guys that, that have gone bang 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 and boom, and the targets are out. But I've I don't think I've ever had the the actual conversation about who would you want to shoot where you had to hit this target and put put the game away. It that conversation doesn't exist, and I wonder why it doesn't exist and why we're just having the the discussion right now. Have you had it? No, I've never no. had that. Ryan? I've never thought to have it. Right, exactly. But it, but it's a fairly important part of the game, <laughs> being a very accurate shooter. And, and defensemen in particular trying to beat a screen and, and through a pair of legs or short side by, by a shin pad or something like that. We, we, mm-hmm. we talk about it. We, we talk about he's got a good shot, a good release, a heavy shot, a quick shot, a uh, 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 good backhand. All, all that. We never talked about who's the most accurate shooter. I yeah, and and you know the the hard part for me is is the difference between doing it in a competition where all of the variables are controlled versus yeah. doing it in a game where you know your accuracy is the difference between getting the puck on net or having that puck hit the shin pad of a defenseman that's lying in front of you, like. There, there are so many different variables within a game, and and that right. that impact accuracy. Like we have shooting that, percentage, but that doesn't sure. really. But but that I mean that's that's so flaw, like not flawed in in that it's it's a flawed stat, but it's flawed in telling you who is accurate because you know you you might have seven or eight tap in goals that that yeah, boost or up Marcia your shooting so, who just for the first four years in Vegas just had unbelievable numbers in shot attempts. Yeah, yeah. I I mean like it's. And I, I don't. I, I think the reason we haven't had the conversation is how do you how do you quantify it within within a league throughout the season? Like how I, do you I, I quantify? Come up with the idea you guys quantify it. Okay, isn't that well, the way I can't. this works? No, no, no. I, I I think it's unquantifiable. Well, that's just giving up a little easy, isn't it? No, it's not giving up a little easy. Come up with something, Darren. I'm you, the idea you guy. Have, you have the big epiphany moment. I'm the idea Come up guy. with a way. Come you on. guys are the the people that follow through, the brains behind the operation. I okay. just, I'm just the big idea guy. Got it. And then I go for lunch. And then you guys Seems actually like make it work. like giving up pretty easily, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I did my work. I'm hungry. Worked up an appetite coming up with a big idea. Uh, when we continue, it's the BGK Insider Show. We've got our play of the day, and then we have one-timers uh, coming up. Uh, if you missed any of that conversation with Mark Stone, it'll be on the podcast. Check out Brendan Brisson uh, as well. It's where the players hang out, the BGK Insider Show in Fox Sports, Las Vegas. 
This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. You look at the schedule and you go, why aren't they talking about the game? Vegas, Edmonton, why aren't they talking about the game? Chapman, answer the phone. Tell people why we're not talking about the game. Well, if they listen to this show, they know why we're not talking about the game. Game in Edmonton postponed. Tomorrow night's game in Calgary postponed. Likely to be uh, rescheduled for that gap in the NHL schedule that was reserved for the Olympics in February. Uh, Vegas has four games uh, to make up in a really good spot compared to a lot of other teams. But I was I was going through and, and watching the games last night. And, boy, it's nice to have. If there was a point there last week where PPD, 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 PPD. In fact, there was, there was a moment where Boston and Montreal played. Mm-hmm. It might have been Monday. Mm-hmm. Where Boston... At Montreal was PPD, but Montreal at Boston happened. <laughs> yes. The, 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 the schedule actually left the first game on, and because they moved, mm-hmm. uh, they moved the, the game and played a game that was supposed to be played in, in Boston for later in the year, moved it uh, to that same night. So they were supposed to play. They were just supposed to play in Montreal. Uh, they played the game in, in Boston. It was, it's, it's been bizarre, and, and how many games for a stretch – we're PPD, but but last night we played it. We got a lot of hockey, and there was some fun hockey uh, last night. Uh, the Rangers continued to to get things done, uh, but they, again they beat a team that's kind of not really getting it done. So that that continues on their side of it. And the play of the day came from the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Los Angeles Kings, and this beauty. Starting Kopitar up ahead. He's It goes deep. Jari can't control it. King's first man on it. And constant movement. Look at this. Everyone involved. Man, we have saw it once earlier tonight. You're going to see it again. Watch the reception. Backhand. Forehand. With all the X's and O's and positioning and spacing we can talk about, there has been some skill plays tonight. Yeah, that that puck was uh, high, low, across, and in, and celebration. <laughs> and to Kopitar, kind of... He went quiet for a while, but you mentioned mm-hmm. it, that the Pacific Division, if you just look at the Pacific Division standings, it's a real track meet right now. Yeah, it's it's pretty surprising when you wake up with the Pacific Division this uh, this morning today. It's it's the Golden Knights up on top with 48 points, 39 games, and then it's Anaheim and Los Angeles. That rounds up your that rounds out your top 3 in the Pacific Division and kind of overnight the LA Kings have gotten into that 3 spot. They are are really humming along right now, 7-3 and 0 in their last 10 games. 37 games played, so they've got two games in hand on the Vegas Golden Knights. They're five points back, just two points back of the Anaheim Ducks. This L.A. Kings team, the way they played against Pittsburgh, it was pretty impressive. They did not give the Penguins much of anything, and then they rolled them in that third period when they had a chance. Golden Knights have taken control of the Pacific Division since inception, and that uh, 
coincided with the fall off of the California teams. But California's mm-hmm. two, three, and four right now uh, with Calgary and Edmonton getting back in the swing of things uh, with games uh, in, in hand and the uh, Vancouver Canucks who have uh, hit a bit of a speed wobble uh, after really roaring back into contention uh, under Bruce Boudreaux. But uh, this will be this will be fun to watch. Vegas, once they get healthy, and when they get healthy and they get Jack Eichel back, I think that's going to be like boom, rocket launch, away you go, and uh, they'll they'll separate themselves. But the the battle for the the two Pacific Division playoff spots at halfway through the point uh, of the season is a, a real dogfight. It, it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's cool, and I you know you you want it to be that for as long as possible because you've got teams that are fighting every single day for their positioning in their playoff lives. So I I love the fact that you've got Anaheim, LA, and San Jose kind of occupying two through four, and you know you have teams in Calgary and especially in Edmonton who you know missing the playoffs is is not part of the not part of the equation this year. So it'll be a fun race down the stretch, especially in the Pacific Division. Get back to Vegas. Golden Knights practice today as they were on the ice. Uh, they'll practice again tomorrow at City National Arena. Um, we will also dive into news and notes from around the National Hockey League. There's a lot uh, happening. A busy night last night, and that led to a couple of uh, supplemental discipline decisions by the National Hockey League. It's the VGK Insider Show. Hour number two is coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas.